All right, uh, we're back for another episode of the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. I'm Cliff, and today I'm without my co-host, Buddha, Chocolate Buddha. Uh, he couldn't make it today. And also today, we are not in the mobile man cave. We are in Shibuya, what is it, uh, Noah Studios, Shibuya. Okay, um, it's kind of like a backup location for us. And we have a special guest, of course, like every other episode. And I'll let her introduce herself. Hello. Thank you very much for having me <laughs> on your podcast. Yes. My name is Pablo Obsanto, and I'm a horror filmmaker Ooh. based in Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is Mega of the Mega Late Show. You are listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. This is Nina from the band The Ocean and I, and you're listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Award-winning director, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what else? Um, so you have, so your short film, Call My Name. Yeah, that was the first uh, short film. Short film that you've done and received many awards, right? Uh, a lot of praise. Plenty, yeah. The yeah. biggest win was uh, at the Germany After Dark Horror Film Festival in 2013, okay. uh, which I traveled to because like, I decided to travel because uh, by then I had never been to Germany, so it okay. was a good chance. And it was uh, my birthday, so I was traveling on my birthday. And I thought it was a good sign. Maybe we yeah. can get something. <laughs> yeah, birthday present, like kind of like a birthday present, yeah. And, and how was that experience uh, to be at the festival and to win an award? Well, it's, it was mind-blowing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I met a lot of new people and it was my first festival experience. I mean, like, first time I visited a festival where my work played. So it was amazing. And wow. uh, we got an amazing feedback. And uh, there were a lot of nominations because the festival was quite long. It was longer than a week. And every day, different films, features and shorts. And of course, I didn't imagine we would get the best horror short. Wow. How, about how many like entries or people submitted or how many films were in competition? Mm, I think over than 60 shorts. I don't remember how many features, but yeah, it was a big festival. Wow. Like during those, I think, nine days of the festival, our film screened twice, only twice. So because they were screening different films every evening, a lot of people were coming. So it was really, really great. Wow. Amazing. And, you know, I want to I wanna continue giving you some praise here because <laughs> your work is, uh, yeah, worthy of it, right? So you also came out with the film She. Yeah, that's what I did after Call My Name because uh, actually when we won, uh, the, when Call My Name won, uh, there was uh, a producer, an investor uh, who I met in Germany, who I met at that festival, okay. Germany After Dark, and he got interested uh, in working with us, so he provided a little bit of a budget for she. Actually, that was a big motivation to make another short. Wow. Yeah. She was like, actually, this is the greatest success so far okay. because it's, it played uh, at, I think, more than 80 festivals all around the world. And it has more than 12 awards. And uh, after this the festival uh, circuit, mm -hmm. I decided to put it online. And uh, we uh, 
actually we had an online premiere on Fangoria, which is a very famous genre magazine okay. in America. And uh, after just 10 minutes, uh, because like there was she, the film, the screener, and uh, a little interview with me. So after 10 minutes, uh, award-winning, Oscar-winning Guillermo del Toro retweeted she. Yes, that's, along I mean, with I the that interview. Up, yeah. Yes. So, so mm. and who is um, del Toro? He's like a famous director, right? Uh, Screenwriter. Guillermo del Toro. Yes. He is a famous uh, writer, director. I don't know, you know, Hellboy 1, yes. 2. He directed that. He directed Pacific Rim and he got Oscar uh, for The Shape of Water last year. Yeah. Wow. So, and many, many more. He's a legend. <laughs> yeah, legendary director tweeting your uh Yeah, he's a master movie. master of horror, Del Toro san. Yeah. <laughs> and, and aren't you unofficially the queen of Japanese horror? Yes, I am. Who named you the queen of Japanese horror? Mm, some bloggers, horror bloggers okay. did and then like people just, you know, followed up and it it got stuck. So yeah, And nobody yeah, disagreed. Nobody disagreed. <laughs> so I've been J horror queen ever since. Wow. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so talk about, just give us a brief uh, description of both your short films, She and Call My Name. I have three, actually. Okay. Yeah, Slit is the third. Slit, yes. Mm. I was going to get to Slit, but yeah. yeah. But, so yeah, just give us a brief description on all three. Uh, brief description. They're yeah. quite different, but uh, there are things in common, of course. Uh, they are all shot in Japan. And they have mix of cultures like for Western and Japanese. And that's what I think makes them special. And she and Slit, they are based on quite famous myth, Japanese legends. So, yeah. But uh, I don't know, like horror genre still has subgenres, right? So, for example, like sometimes there is a mystery or zombie movies or gore mm -hmm. or suspense, right? They are all subgenres of horror genre. Uh, if we talk about my films, mm, most of them are mystery, suspense. So that's what I like. And uh, I hope that's what I was trying. My intention was to pass a message. So they're not just for entertainment. I like movies and I like, of course, books. When, when they read them, when after you're watching them, you have something to think about. Yeah, you leave with something. Yeah, that's, yeah. that should be, uh, you know, fundamental with every movie, right? It should be... Uh something that every director writer should want to incorporate in a movie yeah well but like you know it's very individual because uh, every piece of work it uh, has it's like it serves its purpose okay. sometimes like people they just want to entertain without thinking too much and that's like fair enough right <laughs> that's a good point that's a yeah. good point there was a japanese blogger or twitter somebody on twitter who compared you to a legendary writer right yeah, uh, so I think it was uh, after Slit was um, also uh, released online. After we released it online, it uh, uh, was also on Fangoria, and then also a lot of Japanese bloggers retweeted it, and they were writing some, you know, like essays, reviews about that film. And one of famous Japanese horror bloggers, he compared me to... Koizumi Yakumo, uh, who is also known as Lafcario Hearn. Uh, that's a famous uh, Irish person, yes. writer, who actually uh, wrote the famous Kwaidang. 
Okay, yeah. yeah. So it was like basically it's a a novel, like a bunch of short. Uh, was it scary stories? Excuse yes, me? exactly. About yeah, Japanese uh, folk tales and stuff like that. But he's not Japanese. That's that's what yes. makes him special, right? Okay. Because he told all of those stories through his own perceptions, through perception of a foreigner who was living in Japan for quite a long time. Similar to you. <laughs> right. That's yeah. probably why he compared. But I mean, uh, of course, uh, I don't want to brag about it, but it's a, it's a huge compliment. Yes. And I'm not sure if you, you knew. I, I was kind of doing my homework on this one. <laughs> Another thing that you two have in common, Hearn and, and yourself, you were both journalists. Yeah, I have this kind of background. Yeah. Yes. Before coming to Japan, I worked as a journalist. Uh, first, uh, there were different magazines, including like cinematic magazines. Then I moved to TV okay. and I was working as a reporter. Then we got our own channel. So, yeah, I have this experience. And my first like university, my first degree, uh, it's Bachelor of Journalism. And where was that at? That was... In England. In England. Okay. Is this w- that your home? Uh, well, I'm mixed. Okay. Yes. My, my father is British. Okay. My mom is Russian. Yeah. But most of my life I spent in England. So I consider England my home. thought it was cool that you guys had something in common. You know, <laughs> of course, you, you know, somebody's giving you this praise. And, you know, it's a, it's a huge compliment. But to also kind of have like a similar path, right, mm. of you know, being a journalist and then being captivated, intrigued by Japanese folk tales, and then moving to Japan <laughs> and living in Japan and yeah, you know, creating great work, right? Must be a sign. <laughs> yeah, it must be a sign. Right? It's got to be a sign. So, uh, what I know with Hearn, um, there were a few novels or work, literary works that that captivated him, and that's what. Um, that's what made him want to come to Japan. What, was it like that for you? Was it a particular movie or book or something like that that got you into Japanese folktales? Well, I'm a big uh, fan of uh, any folklore in general. So okay. I've been researching folklore from different countries, including Scandinavian countries. They have a rich background about that. Uh, but Japanese folklore, it's also very, very special, I think, because like every tale... It's just not, it's the purpose is not just to be told, but to realize the kind of consequences. Even Kuchisake uh, Onna, the slit mouse woman. So what I wanted to tell in my film in Slit mm-hmm. is that like everybody's afraid of her and everybody uh, accuses her as a monster. So she's bad. But if you take a look at her background, you will see different story. Because she used to be like a normal woman. But then one evening she got back home from work a little bit late. And uh, she had a very jealous husband. So by then he was already drunk and angry. And he mutilated her. That's what her husband did to her. And uh, that after that she got insane and she went and started killing. This is the consequences of this situation. And I'm pretty sure... And I don't know, like uh, a lot of neighbors saw this, right? That something was wrong with her family, but nobody helped. Nobody did anything. So, and now we kind of, like, you know, it pays off. Yeah. So this is a message, right? And yeah. every monster in Japanese folklore, uh-huh. it's about that. It's not just a monster because of the monster. That's because it led to that. It led to that. Oh. There was something 
there was some circumstances exactly that, that yeah led up to so that's what i love about japanese folklore because it's always kind of moral and yeah it shows you the consequences gotcha and, and you said it was also i think you said it was the darkest of all yes i think so yeah. yes so so what about japanese folklore makes it a little darker than um, other other folklores I don't remember many happy endings, to be honest. <laughs> oh, in Japanese? Yeah. Oh, wow. But I think uh, it makes a better impression. It makes you memorize more when you have this kind of, you know, bitter yes. aftertaste. Yes. It works better this way. Yeah, That's my opinion. That's anyway, a good point. Yeah. Now there is a big hype, Game of Thrones, right? Yes, why so which many I know people, nothing about. Well, why so many yeah. people are so disappointed because they actually gave us happy ending. And you know, like, uh, what made this series special? Because, like, it doesn't matter. It's a main character. There are a lot of main characters. Anyone could die anytime. That's what made this series special. Because you, you never know. You just don't anticipate. Because, like, okay, he's a main character. Oh, whatever. Like, nothing will happen to him. It was not about Game of Thrones. But... I understand the disappointment of the fans yes, right now. Yes. So I don't want to say I didn't like it, but <laughs> I just like, you see, I, you can make parallels yes. about happy ending and how it works in your mind. And expectations. and Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've kind of, you know, I've seen all the craze going behind the whole GOT thing, hashtag GOT, but I just never got into it. So uh, <laughs> maybe I'll check it out one day. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you know, so back to your your uh, your work. Growing up, right? Um, you said you were interested in folklore since a, a young at a young age. Was there any way to um, to be creative? Um, like like, w did you get into writing at an early age, and or maybe um, did did you have this vision of becoming a writer director at an early age, or something that came about later? I enjoyed reading very much, so and it was happening in my head. So when you imagine how it's happening when you're reading, I think it's very important. It's like you're watching a movie, okay. same thing. Uh, I wasn't writing much, to be honest, but I was reading a lot. And I've always liked scary stories. Like, first thing I remember impressed me to the bits was uh, Michael Jackson's thriller <laughs> the video yeah? yes yeah. and i was just i i couldn't stop watching it <laughs> and that scene when you know he's surrounded by, by zombies and there is like a panorama and you see one of those is standing and some black liquid is coming out of yes. its mouth yeah Very and I, I was i was fascinated <laughs> my mom was quite scared and worried like what is wrong with you yeah right? yeah also like one of my favorites uh, fairy tales mm -hmm. favorite fairy tales was uh, green brothers godfather death death yeah which is even now it's very impressive i think okay. yeah and i was always into this dark stuff and when i got uh, to the, to a cemetery first i just didn't want to leave i wanted to see more and more and more and I'm like what are you doing? My mom was just, what are you doing? Let's go home. But I was just like, can we stay here for a little <laughs> bit longer? I'm just interested how it works. Like, yeah. are those small, like, houses where people live after life? And no, there are no houses. Like, let's go home. I'll She's explain like, you later. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we, we live in a, we live in societies where, uh, a lot of societies where 
if you're if you're a girl, you know, there's a lot of boxes society mm. likes to put you in, right? So that's true. Girls <laughs> are, are supposed to be oh scared of you know scary movies and scary things, and here you are this different girl and you like the scary stuff and I do so love your mom it. was like, what is what's what's going on with this girl? <laughs> Yeah. Eventually, she she I'm gave up. I'm frightened, but think. she's not frightened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, talk about like some of the difficulties and troubles uh, with filming in Japan, because I'm sure there are some. Yeah, there are uh, plenty operating yeah. in in a country like this, which we know they have a lot of good things, but they have a lot of things that make you like ah. What the fuck, Japan? Yeah, well, I think it's about any place, actually. Wherever you go, there are advantages, there are disadvantages. Yeah. There are, like, wows, and there are what the fucks. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so what what are the what the fucks when you're, like, trying to film in Japan? Uh, first, what the fuck is to get permissions, ah. which is extremely, sometimes extremely difficult. For example, for she, uh, I was shooting there, the, like, there was a bridge in the middle of nowhere. It's not even Tokyo, it's countryside. And there, are, there is no one around, no houses, nothing. But you still need to get permission in order because if you want to film, uh, like, without any concern that police might come and then they kick you out of there, you need to get a permission. So if they come, like, you can show it to them and say, I have a permission. We are shooting here because uh, we got allowed, right? Uh, so, yeah, uh, for example, to get uh, permission to shoot on that bridge... I had to go to the police and that place is kind of far. So it's one way, only one hour and a half by train. Wow. Yeah. And first I came there and they told me, okay, yeah, we see you want to shoot here. But what about you provide us with information about the full cast and crew, about the camera angles, where the camera is expected camera to. Camera angles. And like I had to provide everything because yeah. they told me to. Uh-huh. Even the script. However, they the didn't. Script. They didn't even read it. They can't yeah. read it properly, right? It's in the English. Right. <laughs> so first time I came, I got the information what I had to provide. The second time I came, I provided everything because these people they unfortunately don't work with email, so you have to go back and forth all the time. And then like, okay, come in a week. They told me I came in a week, like one week later, uh-huh. and like, do I have a permission? Yes, you do. Like, okay, yay, yeah, like. Come in a week. Why what? did you tell me to come today? <laughs> you could have told me this on the phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> so or by I, email, if you use email, shit. I made all this way down here just to, to be told, like, okay, you got a permission. Come in a week. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And not only about that. Mm. So, like, police. Then, yes. uh, as the smoke was involved, fog machine, right? Yeah. I had to take permission from fire department. If something, like someone calls, uh, like, what's going on, I see smoke, they would know what's going on. Exactly. So they will say, like, nothing, we are... Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. And also, river department, because there is a river under the bridge. So you have to contact the river department. Right. And also, Shiaksho, which is city yeah. office, right? Yeah. So four places, like this, only because of that bridge. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Now, are you doing all of this... I mean, I'm sure you have some help with this, like contacting people and going to places to get permission. Is it? I'm not I'm sure. It's not just you, right? You have a staff, a small staff, maybe. Uh, when we, before when we were in pre-production for she, I was doing everything myself. Uh, for the current project, luckily I had a production manager. 
So the production manager will handle all of that stuff. Yes, true. Okay. That's the production manager's job, actually. Okay. <laughs> But yeah. you know, when you have limited uh, funds, uh, in case of she, for example, yeah. of course you want to save money, and you just start playing all the instruments, yeah. wearing all the hats. Exactly. Mm. Wow. And you know, like there is this meme. It's not famous, but it's about like filmmakers, independent filmmakers. There was a guy mm -hmm. and he's just like overwhelmed with different instruments. And it's written like, hey, bro, what do you need? I'm an editor, writer, <laughs> director, actor. Yeah. <laughs> what do you need? Yeah, I'm that's true. Any, anything you want. Yeah. You got to wear many hats when mm. you're yeah, when you're doing it uh, on a small budget, right? That's true. Yeah. And... and So I, I heard you got more stories about more crazy stories with police and cops. I do, involved, I do, and it was like you know, which kind of adds to the horror. Like you're doing a horror movie and you got some cops coming and <laughs> a lot. So like when we the... were shooting, she uh, huh. cops were every day, every day, different cops every day in different locations. Well, not every day, but like <laughs> for example, we were shooting five days. Like four days, cops were there. Once we were stopped because uh, they saw uh, a minivan full of foreign people. And uh, we were shooting She in 2014. So that time it wasn't still like normal, you know, to see like a car full of, if, if it's not a, bu a tourist bus, right? Gotcha. So they stopped us only because they saw a car full of uh, guidance, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, what are you doing here, guys? And when they opened the truck, like there were like e equipment gear and like, what are you up for, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, that was a light case. This, uh, the second time dealing with police was quite... <laughs> quite difficult because uh, we got a permission to shoot in a condominium. We got a permission, but little did we know that there are two owners, two landlords. One landlord is the father and the second lord is the son. And they kind of not on a really good terms. Uh. And we got the permission only from the father. But uh, I didn't even know the second landlord existed. <laughs> so uh, when we were shooting, so it's like the special effects makeup creatures, a monster is there, like covered with makeup. Uh, we are shooting quite intense scene. And like 12, 12 police cars came. Wow. A Because you know, it was in Saitama. Okay. Uh, but you know, like uh, that in Japan, mm, nothing much happens, right? Yes, they're so, bored, right? Yes, they are very Cops bored and they have do. a lot of free time on their hands. <laughs> so it was just 12 police cars coming. And we were shooting downstairs, uh -huh. me and the cameraman uh, and uh, the main character. But the rest of the crew and the cast, they were on the floor because we kind of uh, were in the middle. Yeah, and we were waiting for sun to change, so we decided to go downstairs and to shoot another scene in between. And, oh, like, policemen came. Like, what are you doing here? You're not permitted. And I, I yes, no, I do. Look yeah. at this. Right? Yeah, got the like, permit. Yeah, okay. So then, after that, like, they, uh, they told us, let's go upstairs and talk. And we went upstairs, but that time I realized that a lot of policemen, some policemen, they were blocking the stairs. Some of those, they were blocking the elevator. So in case, it, it looked like, you know, we were robbing a bank, not <laughs> shooting. <laughs> and then when finally we reached upstairs, I saw like my crew and cast, including the monster, staying like this, you know, head down and getting scolded by the man, ma main police officer. Wow. You are not permitted to shoot here. Do you have a karimashita ka? Hi. Hi. See, they, they look like school children wow. getting scolded by like a lot, a lot of policemen. Well, the main one. 
in yeah. particular, right? And it's like, we couldn't keep shooting there because they kicked us out because uh, the son, landlord, he was against that. He wasn't in a good mood, probably. Okay, so it, it wasn't anything to do with you guys. It was just that maybe he felt like, okay, why did my father, why didn't he tell me that this was going on? I think so. Why didn't he ask for my permission? Uh Probably the father didn't tell him that was uh, the the case at all. Yeah. So he felt kind of, you know, like, why nobody told me? Yeah. And he got a call from one of uh, the, the people. No, the oh. people who live there. Oh, okay. And like, what is going on on my floor? I see a lot of foreign people and I see like a creature, a monster walking <laughs> <laughs> past my window, right? What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm in a horror movie here. Yeah, you something are. like this. <laughs> So we had to look for another location to finish this scene and it needed to be similar, right? Because and or else it doesn't cut. And uh, you had to get the same permissions type? No, we, we found another condominium. Okay. A lot of them are similar, okay. luckily, in Japan. Wow. But the most terrifying case... Oh, so that's not even the most terrifying... No. Oh my gosh. So Go the, ahead. The same shoot. Uh, I mean, like the other day, though. So, okay, uh, by then it was the last day of the shoot. By then, we were already used to dealing with the police. Mm -hmm. But how could we imagine that one of us would end up behind the bars? What? <laughs> so, you, so you got but thrown then, in jail? Uh, not me. Not in you. particular, yeah. yes, but one of our people. And it was so ridiculous. For it's what? just like an idiotic portal had opened. So we were shooting the last scene. It was really small mm -hmm. and we needed to be really quiet. Uh, because it was another condominium, and we just decided it to decided to finish it with limited amount of people, and just let everyone else go and wait outside. And one of our guys, uh, the guy who came from Europe, uh, he was a sound assistant in particular. He liked 100 yen shops very much. Okay. Yes, Yakuen shop, and he was like, "Oh no problem, you guys uh, finish here." And then I'll wait for you in the 100 yen shop. And we said like, okay, you can go there. But after that, come to the department store in front of the station and the meeting point will be there. And I, okay, no problem. So we, we agreed to meet there uh, within an hour. We finished really quickly. And uh, actually it was morning and it was the only day to go sightseeing because those guys, uh, they came long way from Europe and shooting, shooting, shooting. Yeah, you know, I wanted to break, give, yeah. yes, I wanted to give them some break and to show some country because for most of them, it was the first time. Okay. And all right, we come to the department store where we, we agreed to meet and there is no one. And we're like, something is wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah. We started, uh, we tried to contact him, nothing. So then we just like we were looking through all the neighbor neighborhood. We didn't find him. And it was long time already when I decided to hit those facilities like hospital, fire department, police station. We came to the hospital, no one there. Fire department, there's no one there. When we came to the police and I say, said like, uh, all right, a foreign white guy, middle 20s. Have you seen anyone? And the policeman was like, mm, wait a second. <laughs> and I was just, something is wrong. Yeah. And you know, they, a lot of policemen, other policemen came and they started questioning me. And I was just like, look, I just want to know if it's my guy there. If it's not him, there is no point of us to talk at all. Yeah. yeah. Just show me who you have there. All right. 
so they just like I follow them to some floor and those corridors like it feels like X-Files or something those facilities like corridors, corridors. every day is a horror movie for you every guys every day is a horror <laughs> movie and it's like you can't you can't if you don't have access those cards you know that you have to touch those the doors w- yeah. wouldn't open so we go deep into the corridors and there is this interrogation room you know uh, when you are inside if you're inside you don't see anyone from the outside because there are just mirrors but you can see those people if you are from the outside yeah. And we come up, and there are little curtains. And they are, are you ready? And I just like, show, show who's there. And they open up the curtain, and I see my guy, like, palm face, like this. <laughs> and I, oh, my God, what has he done? Yeah. So you know what, what, what happened? Yeah, just, what just happened? Just listen, it's just, like, what super ridiculous. Even if you want to come up with a story like this, I don't think you would. <laughs> so what happened? He was on the way to the department store after his favorite 100 yen shop. Then uh, there is a big parking, uh, bicycle parking area in front of the department store. And he was just like, such a nice weather. I'd like to have a ride. So he sees there is vending machine 100 yen per hour. That's the only thing which was written in, in English. Other things are written in Japanese. But my guy thinks this is rental, rental price, 100 yen per hour. <laughs> so he's just like, oh, so cheap. I'd like to have a ride. Then the staff comes out of the department store and he belongs to the bicycle parking area. And he was like, you know, omotenashi, yeah, very yeah. hospitable, like, oh, how can I help you? But the Japanese guy doesn't speak English. My guy doesn't speak Japanese. Japanese. Oh so they gosh. understand each other only with gestures, right? But my guy thinks 100 yen per hour rental. But this guy knows 100 yen per hour, it's parking price. And my uh, the staff asks... Okay, like, uh, what, like 100 yen per hour? And the staff, yes, 100 yen per hour. They think differently, right? (laughs) Then the staff asks, which one is your bicycle? My guy thinks, which one is yours? Not which one do you like, yeah? So, like, which one do you like? He comes to the one he likes and he picks. And he puts 100 yen coin into the vending machine. And the guy is very happy to help, I mean, the staff. And like, okay, like he opens the bike for him because he wants to be hospitable. Yeah. He wants to help. And my guy gets on the bike and starts riding when the owner of the bicycle comes out of oh the department store. You wow. see, how is it even possible? <laughs> and then when they started investigating, you know, like when those uh, parking areas, bicycle areas, they have those, you know, system that you need to insert the bike into this kind of, you know. Yes, like uh, a slot or lock type of. Lock kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah but yeah. which belongs to the parking area, right? Yes, yes. And when they started investigating, there were a lot of bikes at the parking, yes? Mm-hmm. And only three of those didn't have their own lockers apart from the lockers from the parking area. And he, guess what? He picked one of those. Of course, they they thought that he wanted to steal. And it was very, very difficult to convince them that, come on, his flight is tomorrow. Why the hell would he need a bicycle? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So they invited a professional interpreter to interpret for the police and she told him like come on you just need to apologize this is just your ridiculous circumstances and you need to keep apologizing and he i didn't want to i understand you didn't want to it's the japanese way yeah it's the japanese way (laughs) so and after you know like we showed all the tickets that his flight is tomorrow 
There is no point of stealing bicycle. It's just like terrible misunderstanding. But nobody went sightseeing because we were dealing with the police. Oh <laughs> that is that is a horror story. That's that's a short film for you, right? That's there. another <laughs> subgenre. That's, horror comedy. Yeah, horror comedy, right? Yeah. Wow. I'm just like so how much I mean, that was like a whole waste of a day, right? Or two days? Like how long? One day. One day. One day. It just threw you guys off one day. So is is it like I mean, I'm pretty sure it's like does shooting ever go smooth, like a hundred percent? Uh, sometimes, sometimes, okay. but uh, none of my sh- my personal shoots has, has have ever <laughs> have gone ever gone sw- smoothly. <laughs> you know, like last time, this yeah. project we are currently working on now. Okay. Uh, so also some people, some crew, they came from Europe to shoot with me, and this time I we went to a temple to to do the purification ceremony because if you want to deal with the horror. I was told after, you know, like uh, being through all of these troubles that you should better go and have some, you know, blessing. <laughs> some yeah? blessing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we did. Yeah. Like most of the days went like all of the days apart from one went really smoothly. Okay. One was still a disaster, but it was a human factor. Just one person let us down okay. massively, but still. Yeah. Okay, so you, so you, she did slit, and um, yeah, I wanted to mention slit, uh, past guest and friend Ivan Kovac also mm, worked, yeah. worked on slit. So shout out to Mr. Ivan Kovac. Hello, doing. Ivan. We're talking about you. <laughs> I know you've been here too. Yes, he's been <laughs> on, and Ivan's doing great things um, here in the Tokyo. He is definitely. Yeah, yeah. he's a super busy guy, though. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. He is. But definitely a cool guy. Going forward, uh, you have anything new that you're working on that you that you can talk about, maybe briefly? Uh, yeah, all the attention of she, mainly. Mm-hmm. Well, Slit had some attention too because we were on American Horrors Channel mm-hmm. and it had like, I don't know, 8 million views. But she, actually after Guillermo del Toro retweeted it, uh, we got an offer to get on a famous uh, horror short channel which is called Creep TV, yes. uh, which is owned by Eli Roth. Eli Roth is a famous producer, director, filmmaker in Hollywood. He's, I don't know, the king of gore. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got on that channel, luckily, and uh, Mr. Eli Roth also shared she on his Facebook page, which is, which is a great honor. And uh, by now, I think... Uh, in total, on all the Creep TV platforms, she has about 12 million views. Nice. Yeah. Uh, due to all of this attention, we got contacted by a world-known film studio. And they expressed interest in working with me and my team. And unfortunately, I can't say a lot at the time being, but I hope mm, soon there will be more information for me to tell you. Uh, but this is very exciting, and we're very grateful for this opportunity. And now we are in post-production, so fingers crossed everything works out. <laughs> yes, I'm glad I had you on before you become this big movie director Ooh. now, this Hollywood director. What yeah. kind of movie? Well, one yeah. thing I can tell, it's a horror. <laughs> it's horror. <laughs> more horror. It, it, is, can can you say, is it is it based on more Japanese folklore? 
Uh, well, really. it's in, it's a Japanese Japanese horror. Japanese horror. I'm a J horror queen after all. Don't yeah, forget you, that. <laughs> exactly, right? All right. You got you got to you got to stick to your your thing. Your I niche. do. I do. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's that's so cool. So I know you mentioned something about listening to a previous interview you did. Um, you mentioned something about shooting in the suicide forest. Uh when you probably read about my Japanese legends project, uh, it's not like I have been pitching it here and there, but not that hard, probably. So uh, it hasn't found home yet. Uh, but it this part was part of the pitch. So that uh, this small TV show, it contains of diff- like different episodes which do not belong to each other, which are not relate, which do not relate. It's like, for example, uh, if comparing, you can uh, make an example as like Black Mirror okay. on Netflix. Like they all have some, you know, common, s- common line. For example, it's all about, I don't know, future technologies and how human would pay for more and more newer, newer technologies for yeah, for okay. example. So it's a series, but not all of them are but like connected. But they are connected. all separated. Yeah, yes. they're separate. Right. So that was the idea for Japanese Legends. Okay, so that was your project, Japanese Legends, that you were... Yes. Okay. Uh, so a bunch of episodes, uh, which are all about different Japanese folk tales, uh, but they they do not relate. And uh, another conce- concept was that uh, one of the episodes I wanted to shoot in Aokigahara, the suicide forest. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that 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 project has been uh, delayed. It's or not even delayed, but I hope it will find home soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know. But you know what? Uh, a lot of people, especially those who don't live in Japan, yeah. they think, "Oh, Aokigahara, uh, suicide forest, such a creepy place." Well, it is, of course. A lot of people ended their life over there. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, if you take a look at Hollywood, there are so many films shot there. So For example, the forest with Natalie Dormer, and uh, Sea of Trees uh, with Matthew McConaughey. And that was shot he- at. Uh- yes. At Suicide Forest? Yes. Wow. Sea of, actually, Sea of Trees. Okay. Uh, even things like, uh, rega- uh, according to the script, things are happening inside that forest. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, you know, like, uh, not in Hollywood, but among filmmakers, it's getting close to, like, Central Station of New York. A lot yes. of people come yes. in and out. Yeah. So it's that forest is gaining attention for good and bad reasons i guess you know yeah. even like with the logan paul guy mm, mm. the taurus who came here and was filming out th- well he's doing just some you mean that youtuber yeah yeah who lost uh, all it, the sponsors because he shot some corpses yeah he shot there. some real mm. corpses some people ended their life there and he had him on tape video but was uh, just, this this was wasn't a, nice yeah that wasn't nice yeah oh man so now here in Japan, are you you're doing other type of stuff like other than f- short films? Of course, I work as a filmmaker on a daily basis. I work with big production companies, uh, directing commercials, uh, or I do a lot of first assistant director work as well. So I am on set, not every day, but very often. Okay. Yeah, but I do as a freelancer, so that's 
that gives me flexibility, which I'm happy about. Great, that's great. And uh, there are no are there challenges as, as a woman here in Japan, foreigner operating in this industry? Well, I, I I'm all right. I Did think. You're all right? Yeah. You, nothing, <laughs> nothing too alarming. You. Mm, not really. Okay. Mm. What 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 about just like culturally? Like I mean, um, you know, people communicate differently here, right? Um, they express themselves differently, less maybe. Mm. I think it's more about um, it's more about uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But um, kooky yomeru, like, like reading the air, mm. that type of thing. Reading between the lines. Reading between the lines. Yeah. Well, I've been here for more than nine years. Okay. I can read between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> I can read between the lines now. Okay. Uh-huh. In the beginning, maybe it was a little bit more difficult than it is now. Okay. But anyway, people, humans, they can get used to yeah. things, to they, the environment. They can adapt, right? Absolutely. Well, that's good. It's good to know that you you having, you know, you have a successful career here and. Um, you have a lot of work going on. You stay um, working on projects, and you're not having any hard times, like as a woman and a foreigner here in Japan. Uh, yeah. No, I would not complain about that. That's great. That's great. Just the cops, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just the cops bugging you. Uh, but it you doesn't know. matter if you're male or female. Yeah, cops will come anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, who's th- and you know in these small towns, you know, I'm pretty sure they like. Like you said, nothing's going on there. So like, you see a you see a crew of foreigners there with cameras and yeah, you know, scary looking makeup on and stuff, and all hell breaks loose. And yeah, anyway, now it's fun to remember that to recall. Yeah. <laughs> but at that point, we were like, what if we got like departed from this country? Or yes. what 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 can happen? Right, yes. we can get on the blacklist. Yeah, yeah. because of yeah, Japan is so strict sometimes. So now, in film-wise, you've done um, shorts, only shorts, right? Are you planning to do features? Of course, this is a target. Okay, yeah. that's the target. Okay, and the target, what is your target um, when, you, when you're making films, like far as audience-wise? Is it more like a Western audience that you're trying to appeal to, or is it definitely, Japanese? Okay. Definitely Western market. Okay. I would like to introduce Japanese traditions to the Western audience through my perception, the perception of the foreigner who lives in Japan for quite some time, yeah. You know, you know, I, I don't, I'm not too sure about um, the film industry here in Japan, and I mean, I can't compare to mm. Western markets, but yeah, I mean, I would think that if, you know, you want your work to, to expand and, and be international, so. Of course I do, yeah. yeah. And you know, like, I love J- Japanese horror films, the old ones. Okay. So w- what about the old ones do you like? Mm, they they are very realistic. That's why they're so scary. But uh-huh. now uh, what modern horror films, Japanese horror films show us, it's just a bunch of special effects, sometimes okay. without any depth of idea or concept. And even if you come to a rental shop or like Tsutaya Geo or DVD shop, yeah, you come to this horror Japanese horror films corner and you see all of those covers, DVD covers, posters, they, they all look the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So is that is that like part of why, like, because I wanted to ask you, 
in comparison to the West, to U.S. or Western films, why is it so so lopsided? I mean, is it the production? Is it the directors? Like, is the is it the quality? What does the Japanese film industry need to maybe get more attention? And I don't know. It's been losing positions for the past ten years, unfortunately. Need some fresh blood, probably. Fresh, okay. Mm. But yeah. And then I guess like you know the whole appeal of like. You know, when you have a big name, you have a big name, right? And there's not a lot of people with big names here. Like that, you know, big names in the Western world. Mm. <laughs> Japanese actors and directors. But, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up. <laughs> appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming through and um, sharing your your um, your world with us. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. I, I hope. It's been a pleasure to sit down with the Japanese queen of horror. <laughs> Yeah, and have a chat. I hope you had some fun, and I, I hope did. your audience, our audience, had some fun too. I'm sure they did. Those <laughs> stories, man. Oh, those horror stories when you were not filming. <laughs> yeah, crazy. The most horror the is most behind the scenes, exactly. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell us, tell everybody um, how they can keep up with you. Like, yeah, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, I do social media. I do Facebook, okay. yeah, which is Pablo Santo. I do Instagram, which is Pablo.absanto. I have a Twitter, but I I don't post much there because, you know, like when you get overwhelmed with uh, social media accounts. Yes. When yes. are you supposed to work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're busy. Yeah, you're just something, all of those, like, they keep coming and coming, new one keep showing up yeah. snapchat twitter yeah i, I can't i can't mm. i haven't gone to snapchat i think i'm done after yeah. <laughs> this i'm just keeping the ones i have now and just doing with that but um and and they can watch your films on youtube right which yes. short films do you have on youtube uh all my short films are on youtube ten channel which okay. is pablo absento you can find uh all my films on youtube including call my name she and, and slit. slit. Okay. And yeah, and I'll, I'll add the links in the description of the podcast when I upload that. Mm. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. So everything, yeah, everything is available online. My main two social media accounts is Facebook and Instagram. Please follow me if you have some interest. <laughs> yes. And look out for her uh, future works, which I'm sure will be pretty dope. Yeah, the current project, the secret project that we've been working on now. I hope uh, the news will come very soon. So please stay tuned. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Pablo. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Raw Urban Mobile Podcast from Tokyo. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com. Or you can head straight to Google and type in Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can stream or download podcasts.